Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 1 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 29 is entitled, Keys of Death and Hell. In Revelation 1.18, we read, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. In Revelation 21, 4, we read, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. The two verses, though twenty chapters apart, are meant to be read together. One is a continuation of the other. For example, in harmony with the parallelism of the Bible, the two verses could be read continuously. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. In the verses above, the primary assertions are, Christ overcame death. Christ lives forevermore. Christ holds the keys of hell and death. In paradise, there will be no tears, no death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain. In other words, Christ has the power and authority to raise everyone from the dead, to open the gates of hell, and to give eternal life to everyone who will accept his conditions. Many have trouble with the concept of hell. That is because they do not have the correct concept of the necessity of the law of justice. Hell exists because the law of justice exists. Lucifer did not invent hell. He makes others miserable because he is always miserable. However, he hates hell more than any mortal because it is his permanent residence. Christopher Marlowe captured that concept in his brilliant play, The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus. In the play, Mephistopheles, a chief devil, was sent by Satan to capture Faustus' soul. Faustus asked Mephistopheles if he were a devil, why was he released from hell? Mephistopheles answered, Why this is hell, nor am I out of it. Thinkest thou that I, who saw the face of God, and tasted the eternal joys of heaven, am not tormented with ten thousand hells in being deprived of everlasting bliss? The only way the law of justice can perform its function is if it can never be compromised, never be robbed, diminished, or cheated. Even the law of mercy cannot rob the law of justice. The law of justice determines how far mercy can extend. Those who do not qualify for mercy must meet the demands of justice. 
The instant, however, that one has met the demands of justice, then the law of mercy opens the gates of hell, releases them from prison, and assigns them a glory compatible with their works. Only Christ has the keys. The hell referred to by John is not the lake of fire known as the second death or perdition. Perhaps for convenience, we should separate hell from perdition. Death and hell have a termination date. Perdition, or the lake of fire, or outer darkness, referred to as everlasting hell, does not. It is the permanent home of the sons of perdition. Again, we turn to the book of Revelation given to John. Revelation twenty thirteen through 15 And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In the above scripture by John, two hells are listed. The first is referred to as death and hell. The other is referred to as the lake of fire. The first where the wicked are punished has a termination date. The lake of fire is perdition, or eternal hell, where the sons of perdition go that has no end. Apparently, there are four classes of people, or four periods of judgment. The first class are those whose names are written in the book of life. At birth, everyone's name is written in the book of life. It is only removed through sin. Those who remain in the book of life are the righteous, or valiant, who, through obedience to the commandments, repentance of sin, and endurance to the end are cleansed by the blood of Christ. They never have to taste of hell and are not affected by the second death. They are protected by the law of mercy. They go to paradise when they die to await the resurrection. After the resurrection, they will be found on the right hand of God. They are symbolized by the five faithful virgins who had extra oil in their lamps. That is the class that all good Christians aspire to. Paul compares it to the third or highest heaven, that which Paul calls celestial glory and John calls the new Jerusalem. The second class are those whose names are written in the book of life. However, like the five foolish virgins, they were not valiant. They did not have extra oil. They were not permitted in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Nevertheless, they did not have to suffer in hell. Their glory is called the terrestrial glory, compared by Paul to the glory of the moon. The third class are those who are not sons of perdition, but, because they did not repent of their sins on earth, and did not endure to the end, must suffer in hell for their sins because of the law of justice. Because they did not allow the law of mercy to wash away their sins, they must satisfy the law of justice. Because they refused to be cleansed by the mercy of Christ, they must be cleansed by the law of justice. However, because they are not sons of perdition, when they have paid for their sins in full, they are released from hell by the only one who holds the keys and are judged according to their works. Though they may not live with God in the eternities, they won't live with Satan either. Paul compares their glory to the light of the stars, adding that one star differs from another star in glory suggesting that there are many kingdoms of glory. Christ wants to save everyone. Therefore, his plan is comprehensive. 
It even reaches into the depths of hell. And when they have satisfied the law of justice, they are plucked out of hell and judged for their works. Being judged by our works is a factor that should be taken very seriously. It is not enough just to be released from hell. We must also, in this life, do all the good works we can, else what reward can we claim? We are condemned for our faults, but we are rewarded for our works. The Apostle Peter gives these comforting words. 1 Peter 4, 8 And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. The fourth class are Satan, who is called perdition and his angels, who are called sons of perdition. Apparently, there are a very few of the descendants of Adam and Eve who, like Satan and his angels, have seen Christ and his glory, and still denied him and rebelled against him, such as the false prophet. That would be a small group, but they would be confined to the lake of fire with Satan and the other sons of perdition forever. God alone can judge. We know that Satan and his angels are never redeemed. Revelation 20.10 And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night for ever and ever. Perhaps that suggests there are four periods of the resurrection, but John only teaches of the first and second resurrections. Regardless, all true Christians want to come forth in the first resurrection. Because of justice, punishment was universal and condemned all alike. Because of mercy, punishment was reduced to individual sins. We only have to pay for our own sins. Under the law of justice, there was no release from hell. Under the law of mercy, restrictions were placed on hell, and Christ was given the keys to open the gates. Christ does not want anyone to suffer the pains of hell. By taking upon himself our sins, He felt the full suffering of the law of justice to the extent that he bled at every pore. He suffered for the sins of the world for only one reason, so that we do not have to. If we willfully exceed the conditions placed on mercy, then we fall under the penalty of the law of justice. It is not that Christ doesn't want to save us. He wants to save everyone. Grace is free. He died for everyone but he cannot violate the law of agency or exceed the boundaries set by the law of justice, or God would cease to be God. To many, hell seems harsh when love is the theme of Christianity. They do not understand the necessity of absolute law or the importance of agency. The paradox is that none of us can obey the strict demands of the law of justice because it requires perfection, and none of us are perfect. But all of us can obey the commandments of Christ. Christ was given the keys of death and hell, meaning he is the final judge. Under the law of justice, there was no forgiveness. Under the law of mercy, two things changed. One, those who repent of their sins and call upon the mercy of Christ never have to go to hell. Their names are written in the book of life. Two, those who do not repent of their sins must go to hell, but only long enough to pay for their own sins. Just as no two saints are alike, no two sinners are alike. People are not equally good or equally bad. The law of mercy allows adjustments for individual behavior. Speaking of those who go to hell, Christ said, Matthew 5, 27 Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid 
the uttermost farthing. A farthing is the fourth part of a penny, so we see how exact the law of justice is. Though the scripture says they must remain in hell until they have paid the uttermost farthing for their sins, it implies that when that uttermost farthing is paid, the gates of hell will be opened and they will be released. The law of justice requires full payment of all sins. However, the law of mercy redeems not only the righteous, but the law of mercy also redeems those who have fully paid for their sins in hell. If, for example, we do not allow Christ to pay for our sins, then we must pay for them ourselves. That is a condition of the law of justice. Anything less would violate the agency of man, rob justice, and destroy God. Christ cannot save us against our will. That is according to justice. What good, for example, is it for Christ to have the keys of death and hell if no one can be released from death and hell? To understand this, we must understand the extent of Christ's atonement. Perhaps one of the most endearing characteristics of Christ is that as Savior and Redeemer, He applies His grace to anyone who will accept it. He wants everyone to fall under the law of mercy, even those who first must suffer in hell. Perhaps we can best understand the necessity of hell if we understand the law of restoration. The law of justice requires the restoration of everything, good for good, evil for evil, just for just, mercy for mercy. The law of restoration is a very broad law. Everyone should rejoice in it. Ultimately, everyone gets what is coming to them. On the one hand, no one gets away with anything. In Shakespeare's Hamlet, King Claudio, who is guilty of his brother's death, laments, In the corrupted currents of this world, offense's gilded hand may shove by justice, and oft is seen the wicked prize itself buys out the law. But tis not so above. There is no shuffling. There the action lies in his true nature, and we ourselves compelled, even to the teeth and forehead of our faults, to give in evidence. However, justice, justice is served against those on earth who appear to get away with evil. Because of the law of mercy, justice is also served for those who do good on earth, but receive no reward on earth. Just as the law of restoration restores evil for evil, it also restores good for good and mercy for mercy, and charity for charity. Regardless of how some leading atheists delight in pointing out the falsely perceived evils of a just God, Christ is not a God of punishment. He does not want anyone to suffer. That is why he died on the cross. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Notice the phrase, might be saved. That means salvation is conditional. One must choose salvation of their own free will. God cannot impose it on them against their will. That is Satan's way. Christ knows that the law of justice must be satisfied, but Christ does not allow anyone to be punished more than their just deserts. It cannot be emphasized enough that no one can be saved against their will. It may seem odd that anyone would reject a gift so freely given as a get-out-of-hell-free card, but agency can never be violated. There are several conditions placed on the law of mercy by the law of justice, else it will take away the agency of man. God protects agency. 
The sacred principle of agency controls all the decisions of God toward man. Among the conditions placed on the law of mercy are 1. No one can be saved against their will. 2. Those who are saved must of their own free will come unto Christ and ask to be saved. 3. Those who are saved must have faith in Christ. 4. Those who are saved must of their own free will repent of their sins. 5. Those who are saved must strive to keep the commandments of Christ. 6. Those who are saved must endure to the end. There is a reason that John three sixteen through 17 is Christianity's favorite scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The quintessential definition of Christ is, God is love. Isn't it probable that he will save everyone he can? After all, he paid the price for everyone's sins. The law of justice, however, places conditions on the law of mercy. Mercy may satisfy justice, but mercy cannot rob justice, or God would cease to be God. One of the conditions placed on the law of mercy is that we must receive mercy of our own free will. If we reject it, God cannot impose it upon us. He cannot make us go to heaven. He cannot violate our agency or our free will. Law must be absolute. Its purpose is to preserve us, perfect us, and sanctify us. If we willfully continue in sin, we cannot be perfected or sanctified by law, by mercy, by justice, or by judgment, else it destroys our agency. Christ offers the following invitation to everyone. Revelation twenty-two seventeen, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. We live in a fallen world. Christ, through his atonement, made it possible for everyone who obeys his commandments repents of their sins, and endures to the end to come back into his presence. To be saved has two parts. First, we are saved from hell. Second, we are able to return to the presence of God and live with him forever. Too many are satisfied with just the first part. Only the valiant, like the five wise virgins, earn the second part of salvation. Let me conclude this podcast with the final vision of John as found in Revelation 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruits every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, 
and they shall reign forever and ever. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.